It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Showtime with Coop. Insightful BS with my Laker teammate friends and NBA legends. And in the house, we got Fred Williams, uh, all-time, one of the all-time greatest coaches in the WNBA. I'm going to read some of your accolades, Fred. Coach at USC, coach for the Utah Stars uh, in the WNBA, coach for the Charlotte Sting, coach for the Atlanta Dream, coach for uh, Tulsa Shock. The Dallas Wings and 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 is currently the assistant coach for the LA Sparks. Fred Williams, yes. welcome, sir. Thank you very much, Coop. I'm honored to be here with you, my man. Well, Fred, there's a lot we want to talk about, and we're gonna cover the WNBA, but first we're gonna cover some of the BS, the bullshit we gotta go through, okay? <laughs> and that starts with our relationship and our friendship goes all the way back to what 1977, 78. Actually, mm-hmm. further back than that, 74, yes. at the Joe Weekly Summer League over at Crenshaw <laughs> High School. That's what we're going to talk about. Now, Ari, for you, that was probably, uh, Fred, and, and, kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but be, would be equivalent to like the Rucker League in New York, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I played in that too, but that, that, that you know, Joe Weekly League. Wait, wait, man, wait, 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 wait. You played in the Rucker League? I couldn't uh, even get invited to that shit, man. How you get invited? Yeah, I snuck in the back door one game just to play. And uh, this dude named Helicopter dunked on me. I left right after that. <laughs> he came back home. <laughs> no, the, uh, the uh, Joe Weekly Crenshaw League already was a big league in the summertime where you had players from all of Southern California, obviously. We had a lot of players coming from back east to come play, but mainly it was a West Coast thing. And like I do compare the two record league, I never got a chance to play in that. But going to play is where I first met Fred and we became friends back there through the rivalry of playing pickup basketball. But it was a lot of fun. Marcus, Marcus Johnson, uh, Reggie Pierce, uh, Raymond Lewis, some of the greatest players that's ever played this game played at the Crenshaw League. And, and Fred, when we think about that, what are your thoughts about going way back to those days? Man, those days that was the foundation of really basketball for the for the city and of uh, you know and the state of California because you know you also had some greats that came through like Dennis Johnson you know out of there and 
You also had the Zeno brothers back then, you know, came in. Right? Like you said, Raymond Lewis was the all-time one of the greatest shooters ever. And, um, man, for me, it just was just a great feeling knowing that I got some good foundation of basketball, you know, in, in my uh, community. Now, Fred, growing up in those days and coming through basketball the way we did, uh, what kind of steered you or got you into coaching? What got me into coaching, uh, I really didn't want, I really wasn't looking to be a coach. And at the time in 1982, uh, Linda Sharp, who was the head coach at USC at the time, uh, said, hey, you know, you work in our basketball camp. You're doing a great job with the ladies. You know, I like to, I like to present off your position here with USC, Southern Cal. And, you know, what happened was I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to do that or not. And then she says, well, I can, you know, offer you $500 in a pinto. And a, and a nice. Hey, that a was nice a bullshit car, man. If she hey. gave you that car, that was a bullshit hey. car. Pinto. Hey, <laughs> hey, cool. $500 and a Pinto. It's a true story. And so I said, hey, why not? Everybody says, hey, they're going to have a great team, national championship you know, type players. And she said, your job is to really just guard Cheryl Miller and Cynthia Cooper, you know, for the rest of the years of their, their college careers. And that's how I really got it started at, uh, at Southern Cal. Wow. Um, Fred, what's the biggest difference coaching women as opposed to men to you? The biggest difference for me, Coop, is is about one or two seconds on the clock. You draw up a sideline play. And for the guys, you can throw something to the rim and dunk it in. For the women, you got to be a masterful guy to make it happen, you know, for a three-point shot, a layup, or somewhere in that in that range. But, you know, the women game is really elevating over the rim now. So, you know, I don't see much difference other than you know, they just they just get after it just like the guys, and they want to be taught the same way. So there's there's not a lot of difference. You know, uh, you Fred, you were one of the w- one uh, coach that got me very interested in the WNBA. And I remember when I first tried to get around in '97, '99, 2000, I was uh, uh, coaching up at the Ronda Wyndham Say No Classic up at USC in the summertime. That's kind of like what really got the hooks on me. And then talking to you when you were coaching. Uh, in that league, what are what, what are the uh, two best players, or let's just say this: what is the best player you've ever coached in the WNBA? Hmm. Best player I ever coached in the WNBA, and I'm gonna say this fairly: is every player that I've come in hand with, with coaching. You know, for sure. I think one of the uh, hardest working players uh, for me to see on a daily basis is with Skylar Diggins. You know, was one of them. Angel McCautry be up in there because of her athletic ability to, to score. And, you know, I, I can go on and on with a lot of, lot of names, but I, I would say, you know, Skylar Diggins had got to be right there, up there on my list of, of players. And, and the player back in the day in Utah was, was uh, Jennifer Azy, who's a Hall of Fame, you know, guard who came out of retirement to play for me up in Utah a couple of times. And, and um, yeah, I would say that those just a handful of players for is the WNBA. You know, Fred, there's two things I always say about the women's game that I loved, and I, I want to hear your feelings about it, too. Is One, um, they look better in their uniforms because, again, some of these guys now got them big old baggy uniforms. Everybody's pulling on their uniforms. And number two, which is the most important one to me, is they smell better when they come back to the huddle. Wouldn't you agree with that, Fred, when they come back? Women smell. I mean, I coached Lisa Leslie. Lisa was just, just – it wasn't like she was playing. She was going to a fashion show. She's out there sweating, playing against some of the best players. But when they came to the huddle, they smell so good. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, it's, hey, they want to play, play good, look good, play pretty, smell pretty. 
And, you know, a couple of times, you know, I go, go back home to my wife. She says, where you been? I said, I've been coaching, baby. She said, no, you haven't. <laughs> so, you know, these days they want to they look, but yes, they look better. They play better and they play with style. Fred, Fred, did it stop you from hugging them? You know, a player make a good play, you automatically hug them. But the scent right. is on you when you go home. Your wife, yeah, who you been with tonight? <laughs> it's just an automatic thing. I mean, you know, basketball is basketball. You go hug, you go slap hand, high five, and you just forget about all that when you, especially when you're in, in the battle. Now, Fred, growing up, coming up here in Los Angeles and having an opportunity to watch some of the greatest Laker teams. Uh, in Los Angeles, and I was very happy and proud to be part of those teams. What what did you think about the Lakers-Celtic rivalry? We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro college football actions this season. With a new updated site, interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. What what did you think about the Lakers Celtic rivalry? Uh, I thought that I, I was like First of all, was, were you a Laker fan, even though you're here in LA or were you a Celtic? Yeah, and I used to sneak in the games back in the day with Will Chamberlain and try to see Jerry West and and uh, Gail Goodrich, Happy Harrison, you know, Michael Cooper, Byron Scott. I mean, I can go on and on with the name and list of people, man. I couldn't stand Boston. I couldn't Talk about it, Fred. Come on, tell us about yeah. it, because we got a lot of people on here that hate the Celtics, and I got to right. get different views, because right. I, I take it too personal. But you tell them your hatred for the green. Oh, man, the green, I, I, I didn't like it. I mean, I was green in, in, at Inglewood, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't wait to get out of that green and move on. But man, the Celtic, nah, man, nobody, mm-mm. no, I was all about Showtime. You know, it was all about the Laker girls. It was all about the Forum Club, you know, going to, I used to walk and be trying to sneak into the Forum Club when I was 18. Man, that, that place, it was rocking, man. It was. Hey, Fred, forum. listen, you, uh, you better be glad you didn't get in there because 18, you'd have been ruined. The Forum Club have ruined a many good men. <laughs> 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 yeah, when you was, did sneak in there, you better be careful what you see, man, because that'll hurt your visual perspective of things for a long time. <laughs> I was in there. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm going blind right now. I was in there about two or three times. <laughs> so I'm still getting my visual back. But, man, it was it was a great time seeing y'all, man, play. You know, I, I, I go back to a player that played for me, Cynthia Cooper, and when we said national those championship teams, I told you, you got to emulate Michael Cooper. I said, because here's a guy who's creating his own success story in his own role. You didn't, you know, everybody, I mean, Pat Riley had 12 egos. He had to deal with every day in y'all, man. That was, that was un- unreal. But Boston, nah, I could not, I didn't even buy a ticket for that, man. I was going to the parking lot with the janitor to come see that game, if that's the case. 
Fred, you know what you say? Yeah, Cynthia Cooper play like Michael Cooper. Michael Cooper could score. Cynthia Cooper, one of the greatest scorers in the WNBA. You should have picked somebody else. Get out of here. Please. What are you, you talking about? You couldn't score. Man, I know about the Cooper Loop, the Cooper Loop, the back pick, go over the rim. Fred, that's one damn play, man. I, if I got that, I had two points for the game. Cynthia Cooper was putting up 37 points hey, on people. Hey, that's okay. That's two points that made you get that win. That's all right. <laughs> that's all that matters. Fred, who is the GOAT in today's game to you? Who would you say, mm-hmm. you know what? No, let's, uh, um, I guess that's the wrong way to put it. Uh, well, let's go with that. Right now, who would you consider the GOAT? Russell. The NBA. In, in, in the NBA? Yeah, the in the NBA. In the WNBA? No, no, in the NBA. In the NBA, the GOAT would have to be uh, LeBron. Why? Um, he's been to the trenches of battle. You see that, you know, he's, you know, some of the, the nicks and pains are hitting out there a little bit on him. And he's put a lot of years in, in this league, won some championships. I would, I would have to say he's, he's the GOAT. Okay. So right now, so now I'm going to make it a little harder for you in the last 20 years, who would you consider the GOAT? Oh man. You made it get it harder because I don't, you know, I don't follow the NBA that that much. If you gave me a couple of names, I might can put it in there. But okay, so you got uh, uh, Michael Jordan. Last twenty years, got Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Kareem. You got to go further than twenty years for that. For for Michael Coop. (laughs) Yeah, Michael. Oh, Fred, dig deep. Dig deep. I I would say Kobe. Why? because he can do it all. I mean, he can score inside. He can post up. He can run the floor. He can win you ball games. You know, play defense. You know, he can score. He can do all that stuff, man. You know, Michael's Michael's right up in right right up in there. Uh, but I think all time wise, you know, for his the goal would be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm with you on that, Fred. That's that's my guy, Kareem. Of all time, Kareem all time. would have to be the goal. Dick Keller with the hook. That's right. That was my first shot in high school. Was a hook shot. You want to hear something funny, Fred? Yeah. All right, all right who's your GOAT? MJ. <laughs> oh, God. Man, we need to stop the show right now. If you're talking about you know, Come on now. I thought you were going to say somebody from uh, Dallas. Why, why MJ? Uh, Luca. Well, uh, I mean, Kobe, here's the thing. Michael liked Kobe because yeah. he knew that Kobe was never going to be better than him. Ooh. I mean, yeah. that's why he doesn't like LeBron. Michael doesn't like LeBron because he knew that he's going to actually threaten his, you know, his greatness. But Michael could do, I mean, Kobe is one of the great scorers of all time, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. You know, what? that's the thing I hate about that, that GOAT thing, because I think if you put it in perspective, you have to go, who's the greatest GOAT of the last 10 years? I right. mean, so many great players have come along. Uh, I mean, I don't think LeBron touches Michael because Michael took the NBA to a whole nother level. Yeah. Uh, both physically, but you and could say, fashion- and fashionably, because Michael. You could say too, though. Michael was one. Michael took it far enough to where LeBron could then take it now, which is he. LeBron has given the power to the players. Michael couldn't. Michael's uh, ability to create a brand for the individual athlete took it only as far as he could take it. But LeBron was the new age era star that could basically give the power to the players. The players have all the power now. They, they're the ones that get to decide where they want to play and who they want to play with. That that almost, it's one of those things where it's like you need the one guy to get to the other guy because otherwise 
the game isn't going to evolve the way that it has. They, they both have been extremely influential off the floor. But all this has changed because this, I think every 10, I would say every 10 to 15 years, the style of play changes, you know, with all these different rules. You can do the sidestep jumper and all that stuff. You know, back in the day, that was a travel. You know, you can. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, know, the Euro step. Yeah, yeah Euro step. I mean, that was definitely a travel. I mean, so a lot, it's really changed towards the style of thing. Now you can push off on a crossover and shoot a jumper on the defensive. Player. Michael Cooper wouldn't stand for that. I mean, he's going to put you out. You know, he had all the, yeah, six fouls. He's going to use at least four of them, making sure you can get, get it up in 12. Oh, Coop would have given a lot, been given a lot of flagrant twos in the modern game. A lot of flagrant two fouls. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now you know why I love Fred Williams. I, I love Fred Williams. That's why. Uh, but all right, you know what? I'm going to backtrack a little bit on that as far as LeBron gave the power. I think the power came when you started getting those big three and the super, the super, the super teams, people coming in and mixing up. But going back to Jordan for a quick second, I think Jordan took the game to another level, both physically and fashionably. Because remember, we were in Daisy Dukes until <laughs> Jordan came. And then Jordan had them long shorts and took the game to a whole nother level. Agree What's or disagree? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and the shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And the that's, shoes. That's true. I mean, that's true. I mean, and, and even today, they're trying to bring back the Daisy Dukes, you know, that, that old John Stockton look. You know, I saw a college team the other day. The whole team had it on. I say, oh, man. It's right. You're, it's going back to being short shorts again. Back, yeah. Because, yeah. Fred, you can move. You can yeah. jump. You can get down and play defense. And them long shorts, hey, people can't move. Hey, Mike, the ladies wanted to see the legs. They came to games. Thank see you, the Fred. Legs. I didn't want to say that, but thank you. They want to see them big thighs. <laughs> before the game. Chocolate thighs and all that. They want to see all of that. Yeah, before, before the game, we used to grease our legs up, man. They want to see the legs. You stuff. can tell Coop heard that a lot for women because he, I mean, if there's one somebody that had long-ass legs, it was Coop. Right. Coop's all legs. <laughs> and big calves. The women want to see that, but uh, yes, yes, yes. The goal yeah. of all time. I would agree with you on that as far as current player. LeBron yeah. James is definitely that I think he has some rivals with him Steph Curry and Durant are rearing their head but LeBron has taken this game and has given the power to the players like like not at any time point in time in the NBA uh Fred uh, who's the GOAT in the WNBA uh I said it earlier Tarasi Diana Tarasi I mean she's of all, of all time what what the WNBA is going to of all times for me it'd be Cynthia Cooper as you say not Cynthia yeah but are they going? The WNBA is going to their twenty seventh season this year. What year is it for them? Twenty six. Twenty six. Okay. Yeah. Of all time, the mm-hmm. greatest player you're saying is Cynthia Cooper. Yes. Why? Um, championships for one. Can talk it. Can back it up. Uh, had was like thirty. When she was like 38, 37 coming into the league when they started playing back in the day in ninety seven. And just just, wow. just just made it happen, man. I mean, she you know she didn't she didn't start in college, but she got better going overseas, and then came over here when the league started, and we tore it up every since. So I was my friend. Say- now listen, I was around back then. Yes, yeah. I'll agree a little bit with you on that because I think the greatest player of all times is uh, Lisa Leslie. But Cynthia Cooper had Cheryl Swoops, Tina Thompson. She had a fucking loaded team, man. It's easy to be great on that and be considered all-time great. Yes, they won four championships. They won the first four. But you know what? I, I, I'll agree with you a little bit, Fred. Yeah, she was yeah. a terror, man. Well, I have to give it to both the Trojans. I mean, Lisa, yes. Lisa, for sure, in there. But I, I think with Coop, because of the championship statue of things, they weren't winning that when they first started out. They were losing. They were, When they first started with that group, they had to figure it out. And once they figured it out, 
it was lights out. It was it was on. They didn't have size. They didn't have nobody who was you know six seven or six six. They had people who was six four, six three, and they were just doing their thing. And Lisa, yeah, she's definitely. I would have to give them to the tie for as the all time you know goats in this league. Coop out here talking about having good players. He played with two of the ten greatest players in the history of the league at one time. Oh, (laughs) Kareem and Magic. Right. <laughs> right, right. We're on the WNBA. Ari, stick to the WNBA. Hey, Ari, 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 all he had to do is just run the lane, just run the lane, <laughs> and have his hands ready to go up and dunk. If he didn't get it, he just go through and floppy and get it at the other end. Hey, uh, okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fred, I got you, give me the top, the top five greatest WNBA players that has played this game. Just your top five, and it doesn't have to be by position. Okay, top five, Lisa Leslie, okay, uh, Cynthia Cooper, Tina Thompson, Cheryl Swoops, and I'll say Maya Moore. Hey, you're listening to Showtime with Coop. <laughs> Our guest is Fred Williams, and uh, at this stage of the show, he just gave us his top five all-time greatest WNBA players. And those are pretty good ones. That Maya Moore, man. Oof. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Fred, we're at the point now where we have called Coop's Lightning Round. I'm going to okay. give you five names, and you can tell me as little or as much about that player, okay, or that person. Okay. All right, start. Raymond Lewis. Greatest shooter I've ever seen in my life. Can shoot over 6'5", um, 6'7". Six, six, he, he would get 42 points a game. Easy. We've already mentioned her, but I'm going to mention her again. Uh, Cynthia Cooper. Triple to that player. I call her the Muhammad Ali of women's basketball. She'll talk it, and she'll back it up. The Nolius Monk. Oh, the Nolius Monk. Who's the Nolius Monk? I don't know. Who's the Monk? Thelonious Monk. Thelonious. I'm sorry. Thelonious Monk. Thelonious Monk. Who's not, who is that? The jazz the Yeah, Fred, you're in the jazz. We get ready to get in. Oh, yeah. Well, I ain't, I ain't that deep in the jazz. I mean... <laughs> I just go back to Wayman Tisdale, man. He didn't want to talk me how to go. So, yeah, Thelonious Monk. I got to look that one. Dang. Yeah, you look that. He's a pianist. He's yes, a, a, one of the best pianists ever played. You like yeah, Miles Davis, about, John Coltrane? Yeah, I thought you were talking about a player. You talking about players and stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> I said people. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right. Okay, so listen, Wayman Tisdale. Wayman Tisdale, uh, great bass player. Great big player, R.I.P. West, rest in peace. He he actually taught me how to you know play the cards with bass and got me um, really started back in 90, 1995. And Wayman was what 6'10", 6'9", 6'10"? Yeah, 6'10". You know he played for several teams and he was a good um, you know good post player, man. Very good post player, solid. Lisa Leslie. Oh, she's just the dream, man. The total package. The total package. When you tell about the perfume. The, the looks, the flair, uh, the spirit of being a champion and knows how to get things done uh, and being a great leader, I can't say n- enough about Lisa. Last but not least, and Fred, if you blow this, <laughs> if you blow this, Uh-oh. I may never ask you to come on the show again, okay? Miles Davis. Miles Davis, baby. <laughs> Miles Davis, woo. Miles Davis made a lot of babies in this world with his music, man. You know, playing playing that that, that saxophone, I mean, playing the trumpet, and and all the other different instruments that he can play, and also record. 
Miles Davis is the truth. You can't go wrong with Miles Davis when you put it in. You want to get on the road, just drive. Well, you listen to Fred Williams, and Fred's a aficionado at basketball, but Fred also loves jazz. That's why some of my uh, people were jazz people. And I'll talk a little bit about you, Freddie Bass. Now we're going to go from Fred Williams to Freddie Bass. Tell us a little bit about how you got so involved in the music. I got involved with music uh, back in the day, especially for one, with my, I had my car, uh, which was a Toyota Corolla, and I put, some, you know, had a rooftop, <laughs> rooftop the rims, and then it had the 808 bass in it. And so uh, people knew when I came down the, the street, they'd be saying, hey, there go Freddie, Freddie bass. And so that's <laughs> how I got the nickname Freddie bass. And then I started playing, uh, got instruments back in uh, the late 80s and start playing the piano. Then I start playing the bass by ear. So everything I do is by ear. And so after, in the 90s, I just said, hey, I got all this equipment and stuff. I might as well build my studio. So I built a studio, in-house studio. And I started, uh, I produced my first CD. It was called Game Time, you know, back in the day. And uh, that was like in 97, I think it was. And then ever since then, I just started, you know, making music and write songs and lay down tracks. And that's what I do in my spare time. You know, most people want to go play golf and read, read books and that type of stuff. I like to, you know, uh, put music together in different, in different sounds. And I, I send, I send Michael a great, a great deal of my stuff and he, he kind of listened to it. Let me know if it's good or not. So, so far it's been on 100. It's very awesome. good friend. And, uh, 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 how do you, um, do you, do you play with the group or do you kind of do everything yourself and put it together? I do everything myself, put it together. I have an in-house studio here at home, and I go in there and plug up the keyboard. I work off of uh, Pro Tools and uh, GarageBand, uh, but I use every instrument. The only instrument I don't use in the house uh, live is drums, and I use the electric drums that they have come with the GarageBand and, and also with some of the other uh, plugins. But, yeah, I do everything track by track. I don't sing. You know, I, don't, I haven't gotten that. Only singing I do is like Barry White. Hey, baby, come on. But, you know, I can do those. You know, but I ain't got there yet to put that out. Fred, your voice, your voice is not deep enough and not sexy enough. Not so, yeah, deep, stay to the end. Yeah. Only, only in the morning when I wake up. <laughs> Fred, talking about music. And, again, the fun part about music, and Cream was a big jazz person as well as myself to, make, to just name a few. Uh, how can you uh, uh, correlate the two being a good basketball team as far as being a good, uh, uh, a good jazz group? Let's put it that way. It's like, you know, and I, I explained this to the, my team many a times. Uh, it's music is like basketball. You know, you got to have be a rhythm. You have everybody's got to have that chord. If you got a band together, everybody's got to be in tune to each other. And usually when you start out the first of your season, you know, in training camp, wherever, uh, you're kind of off sync. So you're trying to get everybody on the same page. So by the time mid-season and in, 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 in the end, that everything is all in tune, you can make that little run and, and then put it out there, you know, to be played. But music and basketball go hand in hand. I, I think I started back in the day, and Tina Thompson told me this a long time ago, who's at, at Virginia right now coaching the women. She says, now, Coach Fred, I understand why you play music during practice. I said, yeah, Tina. I said, have you ever heard of a quiet, uh, a quiet game? She, she says, no. I say, so I play music during my practices, but I take out the rap. It could be a hip hop song, but I take out the rap part. And so everybody's in tune and rhythm. And that's, that's how I equivalent that with, with music. 
Wow, I'm, I'm getting ready to do that. Listen, Fred, I'm, I'm going to throw something at you and tell me what you think, okay? Some of the greatest uh, five base players, would that be a, a quintuplet? Yeah. Quintuplet with five yeah. players, okay? You have, and I want you to give me your team. I'm going to give you a team. I want you to give me a group after it, okay? So first, you have Magic Johnson, Michael Cooper, James Worthy, Jamal Wilkes, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, I liken them to uh, Miles Davis's group with Magic Johnson being Miles Davis, mm-hmm. uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar being Ron Carter on the bass, mm-hmm. Miles is a trumpeter, Wayne Shorter being Michael Cooper uh, on the drums, mm-hmm. James Worthy being Herbie Hancock on the piano, no, I mean, sorry, Wayne Shorter is the sax. Uh, uh, James Worthy is Herbie Hancock on the piano. Mm. And Jamal Wilkes as Tony Williams on the drum. Oh, man, I can't beat that. Cool. I can't come up with anything else other than Nathan East with four play. Nathan East with four player and the bass. And okay, then- hold up, hold up. Now, I'm going to give you a team, uh-huh. and you give me the players, okay? So you got Robert Parrish. Uh, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, DJ, and Ames. Give me a group, and then <laughs> should be right this time. I would give you a group right now, the Platters. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all. <laughs> song would they say? What that's song would they be singing? The Platters. That, that, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that and, and the song they be saying, don't start singing the blues or something like that. No, no, man. Uh, you don't get me on that one, Coop. No. Listen, <laughs> yeah. to Fred Williams, a.k.a. Freddie Bass on Showtime. Okay, Fred, last couple of questions, man. And again, thank you so much for being on. Uh, Lakers, have you watched the Lakers the last couple of games? I watched a few games, yeah, off and on. I know that LeBron's been been out a little bit without him, but uh, they, they're kind of struggling some. In your mind right now, you think the Lakers can win a championship this uh, year? They, well, there's still a lot of games to be played, so you just never know what will happen. So, you know, some teams struggle early. And then Fred, some- that's a yes or no. You that's think not, the that's not the right answer, Fred. It's not the right answer. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Yeah, they can still win a championship. Yeah, anytime they're so still. So we want to hear, based on this yeah. show here, yeah, yeah we yeah. all pro Lakers, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. They think they're going to win a championship if they're on one leg, man. They got to win a championship. Yeah. That's right. If you Until they can count you out and say you, you can't get in there, then no. But, yeah, they got a chance. There you go. Uh, Ari? Yeah, I mean, and we, we, we kind of talked about the similarities between basketball and music, but what about jazz in particular? You know, I, I've often heard jazz and basketball compared. And maybe it's just because, you know, at times jazz can kind of go off and be its own thing. And, and you know, and not you've got one musician in the middle that's kind of leading it and going off and doing, you know, doing yeah. its own thing. But then everybody has to kind of play around them. So, I mean, do you see that, too, in terms of the similarities between jazz specifically, not just music in general? Yeah, I, I see both. I mean, the combinations of, of just laying down the the rules of in the, the notes, you know, one by one, the keys on the keyboard, the bass, you know, the bass really makes it fulfilling you know, for you. It, it hits it. If you play songs without the bass, you kind of, yeah, okay. Yeah. But man, if you put the bass along with some sax 
And um, you know, with uh, uh, a trumpet in there and stuff, you, you got something going on. How much do you involve your, your music with basketball coaching? A lot. I mean, I, I don't get into it during the season. I really just shut down. But off season, I get into a lot. You know, like once I leave, you know, here uh, with you guys, I'm going to go in there and finish up a couple of songs that I've been you know, working on. But I, I just I have passion for it. But it's just good therapy, man, because you think about things. After games, sometime I go and, and uh, you know, write and play on the piano. And it helps me think about things and what, what happened while in that game I just played or whatever. You said you, you taught yourself how to play everything? Yes, by ear. I've been most, most of the, you know, musicians out there, <coughs> excuse me, that play, a lot of them play by ear. You know, a lot of people don't really play by notes unless you were the orchestra or something like that. But I can hear it. If I can hear it, then I could, you know, lay it out and, and pretty much put it down. Like, uh, the rap songs and all that stuff, that's pretty much looped. Right. So pretty much do those things in 20 minutes. But uh, R&B is something you have to really work at, and that takes you, you know, a couple hours and hours to do. Fred, speaking about the WNBA this upcoming season, Chicago Sky pulled a surprise for everybody this past season and won the championship with Candace Parker and the group that she have up there. What do the Sparks need to do this upcoming season, obviously, other than stay healthy, what do the Sparks need to do to become those contenders again? Well, I think we just, you know, stay after uh, on the offseason, consistency with, you know, with the personnel, the players we have. You know, everyone's made a vow in the offseason to work harder and, and smarter, you know. And so the main thing is just come at it. You know, a lot of games we lost last year was were pretty close games and, and uh, I think you, the ones you lost, the close ones you lost, you, you win those the following season and makes, you know, into a 20 plus season. So the main thing is just work hard and, and stay after it. Every, you know, every team has a different roster every year because of the free agency and stuff. And, you know, hats off to the sky. They did a great job. You know, CP did a great job there and, and uh, you know, went back home and, and made it happen. And um, nothing but love for them. They did a great, they did a super job. Will we see any uh, international players on the Sparks this year, like big name international players? Uh, hopefully. Um, I'm not that involved with that aspect right now, uh, but hopefully, you know, we would get the, a few international players to come over. Some of them are you're still staying overseas because of the COVID situation and what they read and see. But, you know, for right now, the American players that are here, we're just going to, you know, really focus on them and, and make it happen. If it happens in free agency and they want to be here by, by training camp, we welcome international players to come in and make it happen. Hey, Fred, uh, last couple of questions. Uh, what are the, the best young talent coming out of college now? Give, give me like the top three players. Oh, man. I think you look at the, uh, <clears throat> the player out of Kentucky. Um, you know, she's, I, I can't think of her name right now, but, you know, she's a good go- uh, forward guard. She can kind of do it all, you know, on the floor. And, How tall is she? Um, she's about six two, and uh, she can make make a lot of things happen. You know, Baylor's got a couple of prospects on their team, you know, to make it happen uh, on the on the floor. And you know, UConn always have products. You know, oh, yeah, how- they always. That's a that's a machine, a, a machine. factory. That's a factory over there. It's just a dynasty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know, it's it's you know, if, if there's some players in the cracks that you, you, we look at. And that may be, you know, in the smaller division. And those are the type of players that we're kind of looking at now because, you know, they, 
they make a difference for your ball club because you can't always get that first round player to stick on your team because sometimes salary cap with veterans and that type of atmosphere. So you try to find that player who's a second rounder who can make, make your squad. Well, we're listening. We've been talking to Fred Williams, AKA Freddie base. Fred, I'm going to ask you one thing. You know, I never asked you for anything, but I'm going to ask you for this one thing. Okay. Bill and Bear coaches at uh, the Las Vegas Aces. Will you whoop his ass every time you see them? Please? <laughs> Do that for me. And when y'all beat him and you walk by and shake his hand, say, this one's for Coop. He told me to send this to you and give him a kiss on the cheek if you want to, or you can smack him on the side of his head. Uh, okay? Oh, man. You know, Bill and I go way – Bill and I go way back uh, from um, when I was playing in Inglewood. You know, I remember – when Bill really couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time, you know, he played at Palace Verdes high school and uh, they were in our conference and we played a, a great deal. And back there, I was, I was, I was named the wizard. And I used to drive the lane trying to, you know, <laughs> back then you couldn't dunk, but I can finger roll, you know, finger roll scoop. <laughs> I used to get them. But then uh, when we encountered ourselves going against each other in the pros here, he kind of reminiscent, you know, Bill, he's going to, ah, I don't remember, I don't remember you. I'm like, yeah, you're going to remember me, big fella. You know, so, you know, I won a few games against Bill he, and we had a few times on the sideline and of course this in, in, in years where the officials had to really kind of break us up because <laughs> the Inglewood came out, the Inglewood came out of me like, man, you know, be talking to my players and talk to me like that, big Bill. I don't care if you're six, nine, seven, two, I'm coming after you, bro. But you know, yeah, I, I, if I get the chance, Coop, I, I'll do that for you, you know. I might take a Billy Club of that when I'm doing it, but I might do it. No, Bill's a good guy, man. He, he's a good, good guy. I'm serious. Yeah. He, 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 he going to tell you if he like you or not. And that's just how it is. And he, at least oh. he speaks to me. Fred, be careful because he can fight a little bit. Anyway, Fred, tell us what you got going on before we let you go. Anything you want need us to know about you? Oh, well, me, well, um, just, you know, just. Where, can we, where can we hear your music? You can hear my music on. Um, United Masters is on AutoTunes. Uh, I have it on freddybassmusic.com, which is a website. And for me, it's nothing where I'm just trying to sell my music, anything like I just like put it out there for people to enjoy. hear, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I do. And the other thing that I do is just enjoying life with my wife, enjoying our time here in the off season and watching college games. I also do games, you know, for ESPN with ESPN plus, uh, some commentating, but uh, one thing I got to say before we get off with Coop, the one thing I remember, folks, where I remember about Cooper back in the day, uh, where I played against, uh, you know, I was at El Camino College, you know, and, and we were going against you, and um, and it was a fast break. We had a dunk. It was like a dunk contest. You other end, we can dunk in college then, and I was trying to get up, and you came up to me after the game and said, man, for a little guy, you can get up some. You know, I said, okay, cool, but during the game, I, he went up for a fast break, and I chased Coop, and I came around trying to take a charge. Oh, all I saw was tennis shoes. All I saw was, I don't know what you had on Converse tonight. I was on the ground. And all, <laughs> that's all I saw, man, was just the bottom of your tennis shoes on my forehead. So, but you, I was mad respect for you, man. Mad respect. Thank you, Fred. And I'm sorry. Okay, if I didn't apologize, <laughs> then I'm apologizing now. Everybody, you've been listening to Fred Williams on Showtime with Coop. That's another one in the bank. Fred, we love you. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck this upcoming season, man. Showtime with Coop, baby. I made it. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Fred. Take care. You too. Okay. 